Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed episode of AMB Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I am Bill. And let's get right into the news. Fuck yeah. We're starting off strong with 1857. The National Association of Baseball Players was founded in New York back when men were men and smoking cigarettes was a daily routine and bread was probably a hay penny. Back when men were men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe. I don't even know. They, They had to deal with civil war at that point. I don't even know. 1960, we're jumping that far ahead. The 10th NBA All-Star Game, Convention Hall, Philadelphia, PA. East beats West at 125 to 115. The MVP was Wilt Chamberlain. Um, And then last but not least, ah, we got a death in the sport. We'll use that instead. Hank Aaron died in 2021 of January uh, January 22nd. So one of the most living legends of baseball. Oh, that hurts my soul. That hurts the soul, I know. But we're going to jump right out of baseball and go right into basketball. We're going to talk about the Sixers real quick. I have, honest to God, this new year, new me has been rough, so I haven't been following the Sixers as much. But they are doing well. They are currently on a five-game win streak, beating the Mm -hmm. uh, Kings, Rockets, Nuggets, Magic, and the Hornets. Mm -hmm. They're currently playing the Spurs tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. They are currently third in their uh, in the Eastern Conference, only one win away from taking second off the Bucks. Which I gotta give them credit; they are fighting for their goddamn lives in this season. They are current; they've been third for the majority. The Celtics and the Bucks have always been a challenge against us, but hopefully we'll get there. Um, you're not you're not a big Twitter guy, Bill, but nope. Have you heard of anything about the <laughs> the Timberwolves uh, social account? No. What happened? Um, let me, let me actually pull it up. So, so Timberwolves have obviously like their, their regular one. Um, they have like their regular social media account and everything like that. And then they have, I believe it's the Spanish one where the, they just do the most ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous, uh, videos. Like for instance, and this is not a joke. This is not a joke. This is not hyperbole. Nothing. The video after the Timberwolves won was another wolf. Pretty much, it's like a CGI wolf. It was an, yeah. a big wolf, essentially <laughs> sucking like on another wolf, like like full body. Oh, is I'm I'm going to try to find this video for you. It was earlier in the season. That's why a lot of people are like, we really want the Timberwolves to get to the championship just so that this social media account can keep doing what they're doing, dude. I dig it. I dig it. I just realized also the San Antonio Spurs are 8-34. Jesus, they are not looking hot. Yeah. Um, Well, that dude, I think the – correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, like, the Sixers are, like, favorited by, like, minus 1,000. Uh, at one point, it was plus 700. I do have sports uh, FanDuel up, which we'll get back to in a little bit. But yeah. um, FanDuel, let's see, Sixers, right now it's plus 420 because they are up by four. The oh, Spurs are? The Spurs are. But it's literally nine to five. The quarter yeah. just started. Yeah, just started. But I was going to put a bet on the Spurs just for the odds because there's been a lot of crazy odds going on recently. But otherwise, Sixers are doing well. Um I'm very glad that they are. I think. Let me see if Embiid is playing tonight. I don't know. He uh, should be. He should he be should playing be, tonight. Yeah. But it's part of my bet. So if he's not, yeah. that's a betting. Yeah, but otherwise, props to the Sixers continuing moving forward. I know I've been slacking on the uh, basketball side, but I will pick it up slowly. I will um, say though that the Sixers have looked significantly more dominant. Than any of the past years that like, I've, I've been watching, I and just they're I'm, still third in the, I know. In the conference. But it just shows how strong the Eastern Conference is. Milwaukee and Boston are fantastic teams as yeah. well. I hate them both, but they are. I have to respect game. They are yeah. good at what they do, and they always are trouble in the playoffs. Hopefully, this year without Doc, we get to the playoffs, and it's a different story. From what I from, from like what everyone's been hearing from the actual players, it is a significantly different coaching scheme. Good, good. That's all that matters. But, In the meantime, but I, up, up. before we go over to that, I do have a bet for this game. Ooh, it's, what do you uh, got? 
It's a free $10 bonus bet from FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the odds are plus uh, 26.70. So, obviously, or, yeah, 26.70. So, obviously, these are high odds. But Joel Embiid, 30-plus points. Joel Embiid, 12-plus rebounds. Victor Webinyama, 20-plus points. Victor Webinyama, 2-plus threes made. Sixers money line. Tyrese Maxey, over 27.5 points. And Tobias Harris, over 1.5 threes. Ten dollars mm-hmm. for a two sixty seven payout. So, go Sixers. All right, I like it. I like it. I have no bets on the Sixers at this point. Um, I do want to remind everyone when it comes to our bets, please do not take them. We are not skilled. We are not giving advice when it comes to betting whatsoever. We aren't that good at it. Yeah, please don't, because I literally just said how Sixers money line was part of my bet, and they are now losing fourteen to five. As absolutely, speak, so. don't trust us for any betting or gambling <laughs> advice whatsoever. This team, we is all get lucky cool. once, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, moving on though to the Flyers, Flyers currently are on a two fly, uh, loss the streak. They lost uh, uh, Avalanche seven to four, and then Ottawa five to three. However, that does not matter that much because they are still. Second in the Metropolitan Division. Um, well, I would like to talk. I would still like to talk about those two games because it was it was even though they both lost, both games were two completely like different games. Very true. And the The first game, which was against the Avalanche, yep, um, that was just they severely outplayed the Avalanche. Like even by shots, they were they were killing them and everything. Yeah. But it's just that's. And our friend actually was there watching the live. game. And he, uh, yeah, live. He said the Flyers suck, but in all honesty, he probably saw one of the better games of the Flyers. Yeah, so that just shows you how much that in hockey, it's probably the main sport where you you need luck sometimes, specifically luck, because sometimes the puck just doesn't bounce away, especially if you take a shot. Mm-hmm. You'll watch a game where someone will take a shot and it'll go right to the other defender's stick and they score. Like it's just one of those games, and even if you. Most of the time, it's not that, but sometimes, you know, that's yeah. what happens. But the second game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they played the Senators. Ottawa. Senators, yeah. They looked so dominant in the uh, the pretty much the first period of the game. Like, they looked like I was talking with my grandpa at the time, too. I was just saying how they looked like a completely different team from like the past decade yep. and then immediately crumbled. Yep. Like that, uh, that, that was a loss that like purely was indicative of how shitty they played. The correct. They were, uh, they had two goals in the first period. Ottawa got responded with two as well, but the flyers responded with one more. So it's three to two in the mm-hmm. second period. And then in the third period, they went unresponsive for three goals, losing five to three. Yeah. Not a, not a good one. No props to Igor Zamula for getting two goals, though, and yeah. Joel Farabi getting a goal as well. The sad thing is we had Arison for the goalie. He had an 87.9% save rate. Um, I mean, he's not bad. I mean, Carter Hart also had a fucking rough time against Avalanche, too. Uh, oh, no, it was Emerson as well. Never mind. 88% yeah. save rate. Never mind. Emerson, yeah. do better. Yeah, Emerson, he, he's actually been playing out of his fucking He has run. been doing very good. I'm just mad that they lost, but it is what it is. Yeah. And Kanecki's um, been kind of being getting cold, too. So once he starts getting back into it, like, they'll, they'll be fine. Right, right. Um, right now, the Flyers will be playing the Lightning tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they can work it out from there. The Lightning's a mid-tier team at this point, 24, 18, and 5. Mid in, like, the lower mid-area of the Atlantic division. But overall, Flyers' prospects for playoffs are looking high, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I'm really excited because it's been it's I mean, been a while. It's yeah. been a while. And by the way, Pittsburgh is currently 21 and 16, all the way second to last in the Metropolitan Division. So uh, yeah, you you gotta I, love it. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. What's but, the uh, um? There's Red October. What's the Flyers? I keep I I always forget what it's called. Because I think that the Flyers' playoff um, uh, energy is probably one of the best in all of Philly sports. It is. Um, I, I, I just don't know the it. name of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll find it down the line. I'm sure I will. 
But yeah. if, if if anyone but, hasn't been, gotten into hockey and has never seen Flyers, excuse me, playoff hockey, that I recommend is watching watch playoff hockey. If you can get to a game, what go to a game because the energy in there, you're going to be in a group of stadium full of Flyers fans losing their absolute mind from beginning to end. Yep, I I, is, I, I remember. I remember more playoff uh, Flyers hockey than I do any other sport. Like specifically, uh, yeah, honestly, the the Pittsburgh versus Flyers where he went to. Game I don't seven. talk about those. Yeah, but oh my god, no, that what I talk seven about. One. That was fun. That was fantastic from beginning to end. Yeah, that like playoff hockey. Honestly, is pro- I, I enjoy playoff hockey more than any other sport. Yes, I love football. I love watching playoff football because of how intense it gets. Mm-hmm. But. Playoff hockey just is so consistent for 60 minutes that oh, so honest to God, you need a cigarette break after every period. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's not like one like for football, some teams just like eke into the playoffs. And you're like, yeah, you definitely shouldn't have made it. Eagles. Like all like all hockey is like, no, like these teams are the, the best, the best of the best. Of the best. You you feel everything. So if the Flyers get into playoffs. I'm going to be spending money. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck, but I'm ready for it. Um, Okay, moving on from the Flyers, we did have a UFC event that happened last weekend, or this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me click past here. (coughs) We had the Sean Strickland versus Dreykus Duplis um, card. This was UFC 297 and the Scotia Arena in Toronto, Canada. Uh, just to kind of overall talk about the card, I enjoyed it very much. Um, there was a lot of uh, finishes on the card. Uh, a lot of some went to decision, but overall the card was solid. I want to give a big shout out though to one of the prelim fights, Sherry City versus Ramon Ta- uh, Tavares. Fantastic fight, back and forth. What a uh, bloodied fucking mess! It was a Great prelim fight. If you get the chance to watch it, watch it. It is worth every bit. Unfortunately, they did not get a 50K bonus because the guy, Sherry City, came in overweight, so he is not eligible for a 50K bonus. Maybe Uncle Dana gave him something on the side. I don't know, but I wanted to give him a shout-out. Otherwise, just running through the main card real quick. Uh, I got to give credit to Arnold Allman versus Mosar Elvov. That was a fantastic start of a fight. Uh, Mosar uh, Evlov or Elvov, I'm not sure. One of those Dagestani wrestlers, fantastic ground game, was using that ability as much as he could. But Arnold Allen is starting to show that these Dagestani wrestlers are beatable. He did lose Arnold, but it was probably the closest we've ever seen where we're seeing cracks finally in the Dagestani wrestling system. It's going to take more time, but we're getting there. Um, Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Burial. Good fight overall. It was a little slow in the beginning. Chris Curtis usually is a counterboxer, um, uses a lot of his hands. Um, and Mark Andre was also very slow to warm up. By the third round, they were basically at a slugfest. Fantastic fight over three rounds. Chris took it via decision. Very happy with that. The welterweight bout, Neil Magny versus Mike Mullot. Mike Mullot was the Canadian superstar on the rise. Neil Magny was the gatekeeper of the welterweight division. For two rounds, Mike Mullot was whooping ass on Neil, beating the ever-living shit out of him from beginning to end. He was just working him and working him. Third round, halfway through, same story until Mike emptied the entire tank, and it came up short. He got so tired, Neil was able to turn it around, get on top, and beat the ever-living shit out of him to win in a steal uh, for a knockout. So props to Neil, holding down that line, keeping himself smart, keeping himself, you know, cool, calm, and collected the entire time. I wanted to really focus on the main two, the women's bantamweight title bout and the middleweight title bout. First and foremost, the women's bantamweight title bout, Raquel Pennington versus Maria Bueno Silva. Honest to God, I was not a fan of this fight. <laughs> um, it wasn't terrible, 
but it wasn't great either. And I, I love this, though, because the commentator said it, the coaches were talking about it on uh, for the specific fight I'm going to get to, and even Dana brought this up. Raquel Pennington does not listen to her fucking corner, and it was the most aggravating thing to watch because I saw it, Dana saw it, the uh, commentators, the coaches, probably every single fucking fan in Canada watched this fight and thought the same thing. Raquel, stop trying to grapple. Beat the shit out of her with your hands. You win that way. Overall, Raquel did win via decision. Proud for her. But I hope to God they do some film and they literally rip into her saying, you should have fucking struck here and uh, stayed up. Instead, she put herself in bad positions. She nearly got choked out. It was a mess. Um, I think she is going to be fighting Julia Pena next, if I'm correct. I don't. That's not confirmed yet. But she's the only other real bantamweight that's really got, has a bigger name for her. But who the hell knows? Um, but that's with that. Congratulations, Raquel, for winning the women's bantamweight title. Uh, and now we're going to move to the le- uh, main event, Sean Strickland versus Driscus Duplis. This was a fantastic fight for five fucking rounds. Sean Strickland still is one of the scariest sons of bitches when it comes to his defense and his jab and his one-two. Those three things alone, scary as hell, powerful. Driscus was getting pieced by the jab, the one-two, the occasional hook. His face looked like a bloody mess by the end of it. Purple, swelling over the eyes, blood everywhere. Amazing. Drykus, I said Driscus, it is Drykus, I'm sorry. Drykus, had South Africa's pride on the line. You saw videos of him or his whole entire, uh, like an area where he's from, all watching it at 7 in the fucking morning mm-hmm. when I was watching it at 1.30 in the morning wanting to go to bed. It was, and he, the complete opposite, swinging, blitzes, hard shots. And you he would overextend, but he's so fast that it wouldn't even matter. Back and forth. For five rounds. I will say it pretty much went like this. The first round definitely went to Strickland. The second round was a toss-up, but more likely to Drykus. Third round, Strickland came back. But the fourth and fifth were death. Uh, fourth was more of Drykus, but the fifth was a toss-up. Some people are saying Strickland. Some say Drykus. There was blood everywhere. Both men were bloodied and tattered by the end of it and throwing their lives on the line. Fan-fucking-tastic fight from beginning to end. And a via split decision, Drakus Duplis is the first champion out of South Africa to win the UFC middleweight belt and the first South African to win the U- a UFC gold. So props to Drakus. He's already called out Israel Adesanya for their bad beef that they had before. He's trying to have an event done in somewhere in South Africa, probably Johannesburg or one other major city. I don't know. I only know Johannesburg. I'm sorry, my South African fans, all zero of you watching at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know your geography. I'm sorry. But I am excited to watch that fight. I am excited to see Drykus hold the belt against other fighters too. I don't know who he would fight next. Kamzat's always talking about fighting at middleweight. He hasn't fought an actual middleweight yet, but who the fuck knows? Uh, Cannoneer's out. Vittori, no. Strickland just lost. They may do a rematch. We'll see. But overall, very happy with that fight. Props to Sean. Props to Drakus. They deserved fight of the night. They deserved that 50K bonus. Very happy for him. Um, cool. Uh, just to bring up next week's event real fast, because I don't have much to go on. I actually, it's going to be not even this weekend. It's the following weekend, Saturday, February 3rd at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time at the Apex. Um, Roman Daldzi versus Nasadur and Imamov. That's the main fight. Honestly, that's a good fight. Good to watch that one. But what I honestly am excited to see is the co-main 
Ronato Monciano versus my man, Kevin. I'm kidding. His name is not Kevin. His hmm. name is Drew Dauber. And I only call him Kevin because he looks like Kevin from Ed, Ed, and Eddie and has that fucking chin. I love it. Um, but that fight is going to be the one to watch. Renato uh, Montiano is hysterical. He, he has great YouTube videos. He has great highlights. One of the best things about him, though, the last time he fought, he just screamed into the microphone, I want money. And that's it. He wants mm-hmm. the money. He wants the KOs. This fight overall will be fantastic. It is, they're both pretty evenly matched, too, just to run through it real fast. Morado is currently 17-5-1, 10 wins by sub, four first-round finishes. He is only on a one-fight win streak. Drew Dauber is currently 27-12, 15 wins by knockout, five by submission, 10 first-round finishes. He is on a one-fight winning streak as well. These guys are going to go at each other. That's going to be a good fight. Highly recommend tuning in for that fight alone. And I'm out of the UFC. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, some interesting fights. It was uh, especially Duplice versus... Uh, Strickland, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. I was very, like, I was glad I was up for that whole entire thing. I was falling asleep. Yeah, you're past your bedtime, old man. Right. <laughs> that is one thing about UFC I fucking hate in general. Anytime there's a card that starts at 10, main card starts at 10, I am begging, begging the gods that there is five knockouts in the first round. I want the quick. I want it done. I want to be in bed by 12, and it will be a good day. <laughs> yep, well... Sometimes that don't happen, especially nope. like, yeah. Um, we moving into some good, I mean, nothing's really happened in baseball so much. I know pitchers and catchers are less than uh, a few months away from reporting. Okay. Um, so that's going to be real, real fun. They actually, no, less than, I want to say around a month. Um, so we should get some baseball news around that. There's still a lot of arbitration that goes on. Um, most of the big names have been signed and no one's really been traded. So interesting to see how that goes when we get closer to uh, the season. Um, but football is obviously in playoffs. and uh, we They were good games. They were really good games. Uh, I'm going to start in the wild card, though, because there really, there really wasn't um, any upsets uh outside of maybe the Packers, and that was a beautiful game, so I'll stick on that. Um, I yeah. will give a an honorable mention uh, or dishonorable mention to the Eagles, who looked absolutely fucking horrendous in their, their playoff battle. Uh, I knew they, they weren't winning from beginning to end. All, I think every single Eagles fan knew this was going to happen. It was just it, – it. the best way I can describe this is this was the perfect summary of how yeah. this team is. Yeah, not how the season went, not that perfect summary, but how they were at the end of this. Like, mm-hmm. all, instead of building on their strengths, their strengths faltered while their their weaknesses only grew. grew. Yeah, um, it was it was bad. It was honestly a very it wasn't even a hard game to watch because uh, by halftime we stopped watching it. Yeah, we were, we were pretty much done. We were we did halftime blackjack and actually yeah, that's we're, we're we're on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll talk more about halftime blackjack, but so what happened with, with that game was essentially, I, it was more along the lines of that coaching staff was so arrogant and stubborn to change any of their ways. Like for five weeks, we knew they couldn't handle the blitz and even, even fans that aren't NFL level or what didn't even go in college level knew what to do. especially a cover zero blitz where there's no safeties they're sending everyone you don't do four verts every single time you do other like do you see multiple teams in the playoffs beat cover zero blitz specifically and it was just frustrating and the defense only got worse um they actually played pretty well in my in my opinion for most of the game outside of maybe a few outliers um but Hey, we all knew it was going to end that way, so we we moved on. But fair enough. The Cowboys got smacked, yeah. and that so was beautiful. They have. I just I love the meme of uh, 
I saw there was like a guy just sitting on the bus and just like tapping his seat. And there's just uh, the Eagles and the Giants people walking in like, yep, we're taking a seat with him. <laughs> yeah. Like I did not expect. I expected the Packers because I, I have a few Packers players in my dynasty league. So I was watching them kind of like get strong throughout the end of this year. And I was like, we'll probably give up a, a pretty decent fight. But I didn't expect them to come in and dominate. Absolutely dominate. Literally the second. The second half was, or not second half, I'm sorry, the second quarter um, was fucking wild. They was, scored 20 points alone in that was, one. It was 27 to 7 by the half, which yep. is crazy to me. Dallas was defeated by then. Yes, the yeah. final score was 48 to 32. Got a little closer at the end, but it was just padding for Jack Dak at that point. Yeah, it looks a lot better than it actually was. Speaking um, of which, Dak throwing that first interception was the highlight of my day. Yeah. Quite I literally, I had a parlay going on and sure as shit. I literally, that was the first one. And I was like, there is a God. We're going in. The uh... fucking Jordan Love with three touchdown passes. Aaron Jones scored three of them. Uh, and Romeo Dobbs scored, getting a touchdown as well. I um, think I think he's him. I think Jordan loves him, but I, I agree. I will tell. But it was it was really cool to see they that majority of their players were drafted like that year or last year. So this yeah. is a young team going up against really good like um mm-hmm. teams. Um and that carried over right into this week, this divisional round weekend. Um they they made the 49ers, who in my opinion are the favorite in the whole league. They are to win the Super Bowl. They brought them down to the wire, and in my opinion, the Packers gave them gave the game. Yeah, away. they missed those two kicks. They missed the two kicks, and there was just the some really the there were some really dumb things they did. Like they they had momentum moving forward, and they just didn't really capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew after this game it was going to piss me off because they're going to say this is a Brock Purdy legacy game and stuff like that. Man threw for two hundred fifty yards and one touchdown. But yeah, I like that ain't much. And let me preface this too: like before, I'm I'm not a a hater of Brock Purdy. I actually think he's a pretty good QB overall. But if you're gonna do that with Jalen last year, then you have to have the same energy with with Brock Purdy this year. Um, And he just has a star-studded cast. But that whole game was was crazy. It was looking like the Packers were gonna kind of do another Dallas game. Yeah the the first half. It was uh, six to seven, but they they blocked the field goal. Um, yep. 49ers got the ball at, at half the next time, and the Packers shut them down, went and scored, shut them down, went and scored again. And it was like that was looking like that that was over for the game. And then yeah. Yeah, they just, they just kind of gave away, like San Fran was getting away with a little mm-hmm. a few other things, specifically on that uh, tush push drive. They were off sides, but. Regardless of everything that went down, that was probably one of my favorite games up until Saturday, Sunday. I'm not going to talk about the Texans Ravens because that that was 10 10 and a half and then turned to 34 10. Yeah, it was at first everyone was like, oh shit, this is going to be good. And then yeah. it was. Yeah, Nothing it was, against the Texans. Hey, they did better than us. No, they, listen, they were dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, yeah. especially like when it comes to defense and a few injuries, like with Tank Dell on, on their offense, if they were full strength, it probably was a different game, but Baltimore is a different beast right now. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Well, like I said, Baltimore is going to be one of those, games, uh, Baltimore is most likely going to the Super Bowl. Like, I, yeah. I don't believe Kansas City has anything for them to, you know, to beat them. It'll be a close game. Not saying that it won't. I just think Baltimore is just better. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And it's going to piss me off because this the NFL is rigged if it go if it's Ravens 49ers. It, I, it's- I don't I I'm going to fight tooth and nail that the Lions win the conference championships. Well, we're we're both hoping that, but let's actually get into that Lions game because that was a lot closer of a game than everyone thought. I agree, and it was a fan fucking tastic game. But honestly. I didn't expect Tampa to hang in there. I, I didn't. I thought they, I thought they beat up on a on a broken Eagles team, and that they were going to get exposed when they faced Lions. But in all actuality, they showed that they were a much better team than people. I I believe that Eagles win was them saying, "Hey, we did good, but we need to do better." 
Like yeah. they knew that like the Eagles were going to be a pushover. I think they knew that. So they knew when it came to this game, shit was going to get real. I don't think they knew that the Eagles were going to be a pushover because it's still the NFL. Anything can happen, but they knew how to how to beat them a lot easier. Yeah, um, I mean they they had literally the they knew exactly what to do. Yeah, and thirty two to nine figured. I have to say, Baker Mayfield played fucking incredible though. Yeah, three hundred and forty nine yards, three touchdown passes. Yes, he had two interceptions, but. Overall, Baker Mayfield just revitalized his career with Tampa Bay. He's gonna get he's gonna get paid. And honestly, the, yeah, the first he deserves it. He really does. The first interception wasn't even his fault. Mike True. Evans shot it straight up and CJ Garner Johnson just picked it. Yes. Um the second like the second his second interception, which was his last pass of, of the season, yeah, that was, hurts. Was the only mistake I saw. Yep. The only mistake, which is saying something in a game that close. Mm-hmm. Um but it was ab- like it was crazy. And they honestly, were going. It was. Okay. Uh, I expected more rushing from both teams, but they Neither both could. passed forty plus. It was, yeah. it was like they had to make sure they were on top of everything. I mean, uh, Sam Laporta popped off. Amon Ra did his thing. Jameer Saint- Gibbs was having an absolute. Game. Gibbs did good. Saint Brown did good. Mike Evans. Did- Overall, mm-hmm. like both teams. Everybody played well. Yeah. It wasn't like there was like a bad deficit. Literally, you watch from the first to even like towards the middle of the fourth quarter. The game was close. Literally, one would score and then they would come back, back and forth, back and forth. Literally, when you look at the first three quarters, it's literally both scored three, both scored seven, both scored seven, and then six and 14 at the end. But still, the game from beginning to end was super entertaining, mm-hmm. super close, no matter how you put it, until like the very end. Yeah. But it was worth every second. I honestly think that was the game of the week. Yeah. Uh, it For me, it was until this last game that happened. Um, right. That's after. true. This was also a very incredible close game. It it lived up to expectations, but the guy in East – Knock away with another one with the versus the Bills. Yeah, I that, thought that I, sucks too. Yeah, especially for like Bills fans that trust me when I can and I say this, we've been there. And if it wasn't for 2017, all other playoff losses that we just endured would be more devastating. If we did very that. true, very true. The one thing I will say, they've been to the super uh, playoffs five times in a row. And I believe the last three times, or not last three times, but three of those times were losses to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. If, yep. And that's this is basically rivalry in the thing. I think they already, but this straight up is putting Buffalo pinned against Kansas City and will make sure they are never welcomed. Yeah, I mean Buffalo just can't beat them in the playoffs. It is it's, it's so sad because I believed in Buffalo too. And Josh Allen did fantastic, too, mm-hmm. r- passing and rushing. 186 yeah. yards passing. I know that's a little low, but rushing-wise, 12 carries for 72 yards with two touchdowns. Well, That's that, amazing. That man would have had, um, I think, 260, 260 yards if the Stephon Diggs didn't drop the farthest ball I've ever seen launched in my life. Right. Like that thing was an absolute cannon, mm-hmm. and Stephon Diggs just dropped it. But there was a lot of things that it was, it was more Josh Allen's playmakers. So yeah. the way that I see this game was that Kansas City's playmakers came in more clutch because Travis Kelsey he's been quiet for a majority of like the past like five to six weeks, and he came in with seventy five yards and two touchdowns, and it was like their playmakers just did a little bit more. Like if you look at the stat sheet realistically. Outside of uh, Shakir, most of the most of the team didn't really do that much. It was all Josh Allen. Like, yeah, they do have to have some serious consideration outside of the defense. I think the, their defense played it incredible too. Um, I really think Buffalo needs to start. They did draft Kincaid, so they got their tight end who's a stud. But I I do think they need to start thinking about like you start drafting more wide receivers because. Stefan Diggs is going to be, I believe, 31 next year, and he's going to start, you know, 
he might not be here even next year. Gabe Davis, isn't it? Uh, Clear Shakir, he's he's a good wide receiver too, slot guy, but he's not like your your alpha wide receiver. So I think they need to start considering that. Um, but this game was absolutely nuts. Like fumbling the end zone, leading to the Bills getting the ball. Um, what would have brought them into OT with a missed kick? Uh, that yeah, kick that kick. I was like that. Honestly, I was more pissed at that kick miss because that that robbed us of more football. I think so that overtime game would have been insane. It would have been nuts. I I think yeah. If I really wish he made the kick, unfortunately, script for the NFL goes. But yeah. I mean, what can we do? Will we'll we? We'll, it'll be one of the greatest what ifs. Yeah, I mean the Obviously. way th- the way the game was going, and what the irony is, is that they changed the playoff format like for o- overtime because of these two teams. So if they went into overtime last time, Patrick Mahomes got the ball and Josh Allen di- didn't touch the ball again the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, this time, if they got the OT, both teams would have touched the ball. So it would have been so cool to watch that play. For so for I didn't know this, but for playoffs, even if they score, they still get a chance. Yep. Okay. Yep. They changed it. They changed it because of their last uh, game, because ah. that because that happened last time for them. Um, so they only. I'm pretty sure they only do it in playoffs, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, Eventually, they'll probably switch it over. But yeah, now now this week we got the conference champions for AFC and NFC. We got uh, both games on Sunday: Chiefs versus Ravens, and I agree with you. I think the Ravens take that. Yes. Um, and then at uh, 6.30 p.m., we got Lions versus 49ers. And that, I think, is going to be a crazy game. Um, honestly, I think the 49ers are faulting a little bit. I think they eked away with, with Green Bay. I honestly would have much more. I would have loved a Lions versus Bills Super Bowl. And I would have loved for this week to be Lions versus Green Bay. Like, outside that would have been Lions versus Green's Bay. Green Bay would have been good. That would have been so good in the NFC Championship. And outside of my hatred for 49, 49ers team, like I still feel like that would have been the better game. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I, I, I'm voting. I am rocking with the Lions. I really want them to win. But I, I just I can't. I, I feel like it's going to be Ravens and 49ers, and it's going to piss me off. I, I hope not. I hope Detroit comes in with the fire that they've had for the past two games because they know this could be – they have more on the line than San Francisco does. Yeah. They have been in a massive drought for years, decades. And Great. this is the fucking year for them. And they know it. They know if they do this, they will be remembered in history as a legacy. Mm-hmm. For this team, it's kind of like the Eagles, but with more time, obviously. Yeah, like, Eagles. Eagles at least got to the championship, got to the Super Bowl, was there a few times. Like yes. they didn't have that drought. Like yes, the, this they, this drought is more significant. Yeah, playoff. Like the Lions didn't have a playoff win in thirty years. Which exactly. Oh, them coming out swinging this mm-hmm. uh, this season, mm-hmm. changing their entire tune. And just coming in for this playoff season, no joke, coming like going like full frontal. They will probably, I think they will win. I hope they keep every bit of fire under their ass. And I think every single player knows on that. Mm-hmm. It's not even that there's like the Super Bowl is the goal, but they also will have legacy forever to be on that team. Win like for the Lions to win the 2023 season, mm-hmm. the first one in 30 something fucking years. That this, is this more, there is more to that than just winning the Super Bowl. That is history. Yep. Yep. I, I 100% agree with you. It's, uh, I, I really hope. I really, hope I do too. I really do. The, I honestly, the worst, the worst outcome that could happen after this week is Chiefs versus 49ers. I would be. So, I don't think I would be able to watch that game. I, I think we wouldn't, honestly. I think we'd put it on in the back. Yeah. Because uh, at least with the Ravens 49ers, I want to watch it, watch the Ravens win. Mm-hmm. I want to see Lamar and, get a ring. I, I, I respect Lamar. I think Baltimore deserves, if they get to 
I think it would be what's it called? They they're probably going to win. If they're playing the Lions, I'm still going to be rooting for them. I know that's going to be a very tall order, but I will say this: if Kansas City does win against the Baltimore and the Lions win, surefire, I think the Lions will take the entire thing. If if Kansas City and the Lions face, yeah, 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 I would agree with you on that. But, but if Baltimore faces the Lions, that is a challenge. Honestly, I would, honestly I'd be fine with that. I I think that would be a great game. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, for legacy purposes, also beating the one of the best teams there, Baltimore, you're setting up so much. So NFL script, change it up a little bit. Change mm-hmm. this logo one more time. It would solidify, though, that rise. Because, like, where the, the Eagles Super Bowl win was against Tom Brady, like, and that was, like, the best game they've, like, the Patriots played in a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. that solidified the win. If we beat, like, because I think that year was Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. If we beat them in a Super Bowl, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be the same. So for them to beat the 49ers and then go and beat the Ravens, like, that's – that's two games that solidifies that like that was a very well earned Super Bowl. So yes, I agree. Currently, Baltimore's minus three and a half with the over under of forty five and a half, which I think is kind of low. But I mean, yeah. Baltimore Ravens Stevens is nutty. And then we got uh, San Fran favorite seven and a half or just seven, seven, and then total uh, total over under is fifty and a half. I would actually take the under, honestly. Uh yeah no I would take the over I think it's I think it'll be one of those games. Hey you know what twenty I no I would take the over I'm thinking thinking neither team score under fifty I don't know why I'm thinking that. Yeah yeah but my bad that that'll be those are gonna be two really good games but very good very excited some, uh, some good cleanup um what all Eagles fans have wanted for for the oh yes four months. Um, so the first one that dropped, the first domino was, uh, well, a lot of people thought it was going to be Sirianni. Um, Sirianni went and talked to Lurie and Howie Roseman had their, had their meetings. And it seems like they've at where Doug Peterson couldn't do Nick Sirianni did. And he was able to convince them, uh, his plan for the future, which Lurie was adamant on him firing, um, both, uh, coordinators, well, specifically Mm -hmm. the defensive coordinators. So the first one to go was Sean Desai. Yep. Uh, he was he was fired. Um, Matt Patricia will not be renewing his contract, so he wasn't essentially fired, but we all knew he was. Pretty much, yeah. And then um, per sources, uh, which a lot of more Eagles fans were were happy to see. Um, can you guess who? Uh, no. <laughs> uh-huh? No. What do you mean, no? I can't guess. Okay. Yeah, Brian Johnson. He's 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 reported to not be back with the team either. Okay. Uh, so that'll be that'll be fun to see. There's already been a lot of offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators that uh, fans are intrigued about. But um, we actually uh, had an interview with Ron Rivera today, which was really interesting to say the least. Um, and then also uh, the the Giants' defensive coordinator that blitzed us all the time. He actually is in a. He's a favorite too to also be a defensive coordinator. I would I would love to have him or or someone along those lines. Even the um, old Jets head coach, he he's kind of people are starting to speculate about him. But I'm curious to see where that goes. Um, but a, a big thing is to right or wrong that Sirianni messed up with, and to bring back Denard Wilson as the defensive coordinator because um, he was a big proponent on why the Eagles were so good last year, especially specifically in the, in the defensive backs. And this year he's with he's with the Ravens and do, they're doing almost identical um, with Eagles last year and Ravens this year. So, um, and then the other big thing really is that obviously Devontae Smith is uh, he's he was in a contract year and people want him to extend. And it, through seventeen games, he had eighty nine catches, twelve hundred yards, and seven touchdowns as a wide receiver too. So that's 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 huge. And I think that just for locker room sake, they need to bring him back. But I agree. That's pretty much it. Um, I I don't have any bad bets to 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 bring up for this weekend, but I know you have something you want. <laughs> so let's talk about this, um, AJ. If you want to adjust the volume, if you have to, I I you're good. Let her in. But so 
just to explain, after the, uh, what's it called, UFC, I received in FanDuel, because I'm done with DraftKings. I will rant about that later. I um, received a $50 um, free bet. Laying in bed, and I decide, what's that? You're welcome for that. Yep. Thank you. Actually, yes, thank you. And I decided to do this. Jameer Gibbs over 48 and a half yards. Rashad White over 53 and a half. Baker Mayfield with 7.5 rushing yards. Baker Mayfield with 250 plus yards. Jared Goff, 250 passing yards. Jameer Gibbs to score and Mike Evans to score. Why did I say it in that way? Well, it happened that way as well. $50 wager for a grand fucking total of $2,130.15. During that entire game at the Lions, I am watching slowly but surely the passing yards go up. The Rashad White rushing, and he only got 54 fucking yards of 55. So that was close. Baker Mayfield ran way more than seven and a half yards. Jameer Gibbs easily flying by. Jameer Gibbs also scoring, and that's when I realized shit's getting real. All I had was two parts of the parlay left. Jared Goff at 250 plus yards and Mike Evans. Sure enough, in the fourth quarter with 168 yards left to go, Jared Goff is bombing bombing, making deep passes. Sure enough, 250 yards. Done. All that's left is Mike fucking Evans. And the last scoring drive for the fucking Buccaneers. The pass gets thrown. Beautiful catch by Mike fucking Evans. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill's bad bets is fucking over. I had one life as it is, $2,130.15. Also, on the side, I did win money on Driscus, but that was only $30. And then I also won another bet for $50 on top of it for, uh, what is it? $53 for Baker, Mike Evans receptions, Rashad White, Jared Goff, St. Brown's yards, Jameer Gibbs to score. So grand total that night was 2,183, but it doesn't end there because now I'm going to do my friends. Degenerate gambling. I got on the tables. I, well, first and foremost, I took out $2,000 right then and there. I will not say I wasted all my money. Always take out what you want. What is a man? A man that takes $163 to the live dealers of FanDuel Sportsbook. We love them greatly because they blessed me so well. And I got from 163 while playing with AJ. Thank you very much, AJ. And I went from 163 to a nice, cold, hard $300. I have just won and ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be the last bet I will be making for 2024. <laughs> Bill's bad bet starting off hot this year and ending hot this year. Everyone Absolutely, give, ladies give a and gentlemen. round of applause. Holy shit. You know what? Golf clap it up. Congratulations. That is crazy. Congrats. Yes. <laughs> We were texting like throughout that whole game. That whole <laughs> it was my way, people. It was my way. I will say this though, I do actually have one bet, and it is for the Lions to win the Super Bowl. That is about it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, when it comes to me and gambling, I have done what I have always wanted to do. I wanted to win one big bet, and that is it. I have no plans on betting anymore. I am telling you all this now. If you have a problem gambling, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. I have set deposit limits on my gambling accounts, every single one that I've used, because I understand how much this can hurt me down the line. Winning that much money, gladly, my mind, instead of saying, bet it all on black, considered it, I decided mm -hmm. to put the money away. $2,000 away, the $300 after blackjack away. Um, and that, 
actual that money just uh we have a wedding coming up in europe in october that is yep. quite what we paid for my entire trip yeah pretty much and keep in mind too this is all off a bonus bet one um, it, singular bonus bet this yeah, was not was, my own money as i have touted before and i'm sorry for cutting i have touted before from the beginning i do not like making wagers just because if i lose five bucks money well spent i got my laughs i got my cries it is what it is that $50 bonus bet was one lucky as hell shot. And I am going to post it on our uh, Twitter account shortly um, to just memorialize it to the internet, to all five of you viewers that are watching this, because I know we haven't been putting it in a while. But I do hope that even if we get DMCA, because I just played Frank Sinatra's <laughs> my way, it does get clipped and eventually somehow gets to Pat McAfee so I could say, what up? And then that's about it. I'm calling it there. I don't even care. We're done. Thank you all for listening to AMB Sports <laughs> Media, the podcast. Please come to our Twitter at AMB Sports Media. Come to our email at AMB Sports Media at gmail.com. My name is Bill. And I'm AJ. Thank you, everybody. Have a good fucking night. I'll see you all later. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>